Matthew chapter 16, I'll read for verse 13, we're following the life of Peter, and it would have been very good. The, the theme of Peter so far has been he is willing, but as well he's, he's weak. He puts his best fit forward and says, I'll never deny you, and then he ends up denying Jesus. I'll walk on water, he does, and then he looks at the storm and starts sinking. Peter is very willing. I see myself a lot in the life of Peter. Willing, let's go for it. Let's see amazing things. Let's see miracles. But as well, we can go through times of incredible weakness. But Jesus had prophesied out his life that he was going to take this fisherman and he says, look, you're never got fish for fish. You're never got fish for some alive fish to kill them. You've got fish for men. You've got to make dead men live again. And he prophesied, or his name was Simon. He says, you will be a rock. The name Simon meant it was like a reed that was swayed by the wind. But Jesus looked into his eyes and says, Simon, son of Jonah. Simon, I know who you are, son of Jonah. I know where you've been. And I know where you're going to become. You will be Peter. You will be this rock in the kingdom of God. But I thought I would maybe just veer away slightly further, willing but weak, and just share this revelation that he got for Jesus in Matthew chapter 16, reading for verse 13. And I think at the end, we've got to pray for, I love that song, Rock at Edges, because it mentions a rock. So it's for on about this morning, the real rock is Jesus Christ. But within that song, it speaks about, look, you healed then, you can heal now. Do people still believe that? Right, or is the good news of the gospel, which is ultimately salvation of mankind through believing in Jesus Christ, do we still believe that He's a God of miracles the day? That He can save people, and He can heal people, and He can deliver people. He can still raise the dead. He can still open up blind eyes. He can heal you or diseases, or cancers, or tumors, or aches and pains, or diabetes? Do we still believe that God can heal the day, or do we sing songs and that really mean it? We're just saying, oh, well, God, you can do the day if you did then, and we're thinking we sing it, and it's a hopeful song, but do we really? Is that still where we believe that Jesus Christ is the same Today, as he was yesterday, then he will be forevermore. He's consistent. We sang, he did miracles then. He can do them the day. Do you still believe that? Or are we just a church that likes to sing nice songs? Still believe it. And I have seen God do miracles. Praise the Lord. I've seen things I would question and I wonder why. Did you never pull through then? We've prayed for people and things to be seen and be done, kenning that God was a God of miracles. And we didn't get the answer that, naturally speaking, we was longing for. And we have to part in the mystery, God's sovereign wild box. And sometimes when we get disappointment in our life, we think, well, if it's a point, we're praying and keep on pushing through and believing Let's just sing about miracles, but they actually see on it and believe on it. Let's just sing about healing and deliverance and being free, but they actually believe in. There's a difference between singing a good song in an anthem or church 
and God feel no hope and actually putting your best foot forward and saying, God, I'm believing again. Reignite the fires again. Let's believe for miracles again. And so at the end of this message, I want to open it up for anybody that wants prayer for a miracle. Could be in the mind or anxieties, fear a man. It says in Proverbs, fear a man is a snare. And maybe your issue is fear a man. You would go all for Jesus. You would pray in public. You would maybe share the gospel. But as soon as you're water, you think, ah, oh, but what are they going to think? Oh, they want to look crazy or a touch with reality. And it's a snare. But I believe Jesus can set people free for the fear of man. Anxieties, nightmares, lack of sleep. We've got to pray for any miracle that you want to see in your life. We will be a bit foolish so that we can become wise. And we're going to pray the prayer of faith for you. How that works is at the end, we'll simply open it up. If you need to go, that's okay. If you've got a kid at Community Kids, grab your own kid. Just make sure it's your own. And then I grab on a kid, the best behaved, and it's got the gold star. Make sure it's yours, and we just pray for people. And make sure Abdi gets prayed for. Understanding, of course, that some people need to go. And if you need to go, that's perfectly fine. But for you, from what I say, I don't think I can say from what I say, and then just dismiss you and say, well, hey, a good day. Hopefully, I'll get through the next week, and we'll see you next Sunday. With that being said, Matthew chapter 16, reading for verse 13. The revelation, the rock, and the reality of authority. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? He said, as fit as the word on the street. And it becomes a bit of a mistaken identity scenario. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Maybe Jesus gave a bit of a giggle. You think Jesus got a sense of humor? Yeah, he made some of you in, didn't he? So he, <laughs> he, made, he made me, so he's got a little bit of a sense of humor. We are made in God's image. You got a sense of humor? Okay, and it looks like some of you have been baptized in vinegar. And he'll look really uptight. But generally speaking, God's a God of joy. We're made in his image. Got a sense of humor. Sometimes we go out of score with a sense of humor, but he's given us a sense of humor. And I wonder if it's about us, we, Jesus here, saying, okay, give me a laugh. If I had people say that I am. We generally can for Jesus is. But Jesus is wondering, fit is the word on the street? Or the non-believers in this community, who do people say they are? Some say John the Baptist. They thought with the logic, but him and John the Baptist was in the same scene together at the baptism of Jesus. It was just a mistaken identity that happened. Some say Elijah, some say prophet, some say you're a good man. That's, for, that's your reputation. They thought logically. I am near the best at uh, people's identity. I remember faces. 
I would say, I would never forget this, but names and your brother's names and your sister's names and your kids' names and your granddad's names and your cousin's names and your next-door neighbor's names, I struggle with that. Somebody else in the same boat, I'll, I'll remember your face, but I might have to ask your name a few times. Far, far, yeah, far, far, Isabel is absolutely brilliant at remembering names. So if I'm out for a walk with her, <laughs> uh, if she sees somebody she cans, I have to stand literally for at least 45 minutes wondering, I'm trying to piece together who this person is, but she definitely cans him. If they mention the horseball, I think it's a work colleague. If she mentions, how's your mom getting on? I think, well, this might be Ken's Margaret. If it mentions Balgar, it might be that side. If it mentions Peter Hayden, it might be their dad's side of the family. But I have mistaken identity a lot of times. And we'll walk away, and I'll say, Isabel, what on earth was that? And she'll say, you, you, you can them. <laughs> she'll say, you, you do can them. I was like, explain to me. Oh, it's my mom's cousin's next door neighbor's buddy, Fair Peter Heed. I was like, but have I ever met them? No, but you do ken them. No, if I've never met them, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can list all the people that uh, their circle of influence, I do not ken them. And this is what Jesus was saying Do they know me? Far do they think I am? John the Baptist, you'll hear your own ideas of far Jesus is coming in here this morning. This community will hear any ideas of far Jesus is. If you ask anybody on the face of the planet, look to you far as Jesus, they will say something. A lot of times it's, well, I believe he's a good man. He believes in love. He helps people. He helps the poor. He's a man of godly principles. Oh, and the Muslims believe he was, a, he was a prophet. They have formed an opinion through logic that that's for they believe. They're trying to work out this is for Jesus is. So Jesus is maybe in a good laugh when he hears the words John the Baptist or just another prophet or Elijah that lived hundreds of years before him. Verse 15, and this is Jesus' question to each one of us. What about you? Firstly, Jesus says, what about the community, the non-believers? If it's a word on the street, let me can. Give my belly a laugh here. What are people saying that I am? And then he says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? If it's your opinion. Now, so much fit the community a non-believer's opinion is. That he's John the Baptist, who's possibly a good man. Somebody once says that either Jesus is for he says he is, or he was a complete lunatic. Some might say he's a good man, but he also says... I am the bread of life. I am the gate. You ever described yourself as a gate or the bread of life or the narrow way? 
He said things like, I and the Father are one. No one comes to Him except through me. There is no room for a middle ground that He was just a good man. He either is who He says He is and was, or He was completely out of this world, out of this planet, in a different mind. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Jesus is saying, This is not just information. This is this is revelation. One thing I yearn for in the church is that it wouldn't just be a place of information. When they invented the World Wide Web, it was called the Information Superhighway. Information, everything we could possibly need to know at the touch of a button. We can go and see if it's happening in Australia, the other side of the world. I was in a Zoom call on Wednesday. I was people for ministers for Blackpool. Yes, that great holiday destination, the Blackpool Illuminations. When I was five years old, I went and seen them. I thought it was Disneyland. So I thought I'd take my kids there about five years ago, thinking it was still looks like Disneyland. Either I've changed or maybe Blackpool hasn't changed. But the world's a smart place because of the information superhighway. When I was younger, my granny and granda used to hear encyclopedias for information. As only in the encyclopedia generation, you had to collect encyclopedias and you had to go and hunt and look and read. And I was asking the Reader's Digest. Really, so you got stuff like that, but new. You, you didn't need a bookshelf full of books like that, do you? Information, information, we're information addicts. Want to find out stuff through Facebook rather than speak to people. Social media. You hear about somebody, I can them. Let's, let's hunt them out on social media. Let's gather some information. You go on holiday, you want to gather as much information about the place you go before you go. You want to find where the finest restaurants are, for the people are like, for the cuisines like, for the exchange rates like, for my gotta get for my money. Information, information, information. But the church of Jesus Christ is now a place of information gathering. This this morning is me. Now you come in here and me saying, here's some information I've got. I've been studying all week. Here's some information. Jesus says, I have that for people thought I was. That's logic. That's information. But Peter says, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You are who you say you are. You're the one we've been waiting for. You are the Savior. You are the Lord. You are Messiah. And Jesus says, you didn't learn this through information. This has been revealed to you, for the Father. How did he get it? 
Did he just waken up one morning and think, wow, read my word, Revelation? He is the Messiah. It wasn't there maybe until Jesus says, look, I want to get to you. What do you say I am? And that revelation came to the forefront. I think he got it just by following Jesus. He gave the opinion of people that didn't follow Jesus. Some say that, some say that, some say the next thing. I think as Peter was walking with Jesus, he was listening to him, he was in that space that the Father just began to work in his heart and say, this is the Messiah. This is the one. He is the Son of Man. He is the Son of God. As Jesus taught on that mountain, the Sermon on the Mount, Simon's heart began to come alive. That's revelation. Information grabbed the brain. Revelation grabs your heart. My prayer this morning for each one of us, and you've maybe came, and this is your first morning. My prayer isn't it that you'd gather some information. But as you are in a company of people that follow Jesus, that something inside would be revelation. And you've heard an opinion of how Jesus is and how his followers are and how we're supposed to behave. Some have maybe been great examples, some not so good examples. But when the truth of Jesus is revealed in your heart, the truth of far he is. If I was to prod you and say, okay, who do you say he is? If you was to testify, he is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. There is this revelation. I did feel his warmth when I came. I did feel his love. I felt his truth. I felt hope in a hopeless place. I didn't come. I didn't expect to feel revelation. But something is changing in my heart. And it's a revelation, oh God. The apostle Paul prayed for the church. He prayed that they would hear the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know him better. How do we know Jesus? Through revelation. And I believe that God this morning wants us to go beyond information about church. We could put so much information out there about what God is doing and what we see. But I pray that this place and His people would be bursting for some fresh revelation for Jesus. Not just second-hand information, not just what the prophets are saying, doing in Glasgow, what are they saying, let's listen to them and let's just agree with them. Not just what are the prophets saying in California, let's listen to them, let's agree with them. Father believes God has got a revelation for us in the northeast of Scotland. And maybe we just need to, to walk away from other people's information. I love the school of prophets. I love teachers, preachers, evangelists, the fivefold ministry, apostles. We need them all moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, but there's nothing getting away from that. Sometimes you need to shut down somebody else's voices 
and get into the secret place for revelation is birthed. Great song, Gib. You remember if you was here at the start of last year, the Rahab, he's already been, he's already seen, he reigns supreme. How did that come about? It wasn't read in a book. It was through walking and praying and God putting something into my heart that I thought, that's revelation. I never knew that it would catch on like a lot of things I would say for here. It's instantly forgettable. I get that. I don't expect people just to walk away every week and say, oh, let's meditate on that through the week. But that's revelation. In fact, the world needs, they need revelation for the church. That we would know for Jesus is through revelation. That we'll be bold enough to proclaim wildly enough, long enough, boldly enough, that the church of the living God, there wouldn't be ifs, buts, maybes. It would be, I know who Jesus is. I'm unsure about recessions and how the economy works, but I know this. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He came into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. And He saves us. And through the power of the cross, His shed blood, He forgives even the worst or the best or sinners. He wipes it all clean, making us pure and spotless in that empty tomb. I know, as Job knew, my Redeemer lives my Redeemer is not stuck in a tomb in Jerusalem. For I know, do you know, that my Redeemer lives. Revelation. Let's pray that we would carry the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that wouldn't just Google nice things to say for our platform and little, just little nice things. Sound bites for the pulpit. But let's go into the secret place. And say, here I am, Lord, speak. I want to know who you are. And if uh, other people think you are, and they just fit the pastor thinks you, or I should can about you, but I want to learn for you are. I want to learn it for the Father. If I sees for it's done in secret. And then he says, As I tell, verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or hell will not overcome it. You are Peter, there's different thinking. You see, if he says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, there's three different conclusions that people derive to fit Jesus meant by saying, on this rock. Some would say he was just meaning Peter, for means rock, but that word in the Greek, it was like a bitter rock for Peter and Finn. The second time that Jesus says, and on this rock, he meant a complete rock. The first idea is that Jesus was saying, you, Peter, you're the rock I'm going to build the church on. It was the first thing to see a crippled beggar healed. First thing to preach it at Pentecost. Some say that's what Jesus was meaning. Other people were saying, is that revelation, the revelation that I am the Son of God, I am the Messiah. It's that revelation that I'll build my church on. On that rock that for you have just shared. 
That's a revelation of the church that gets built upon. So if churches didn't preach that he's a Messiah, didn't preach that he's the Son of God, God's not got a build on that. That's near the rock. The other thing that Jesus might have been saying was that, as we sang, he is the rock of ages. So he might have been saying, you are Peter, but on this rock, and he could have pointed to himself, this is the rock that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Fitting do I lean towards? I like the revelation. I think if Jesus pointed to himself, he may, maybe would have said, and Jesus pointed to himself and said, this is the rock. That the rock that we stand on is the revelation that Jesus is Messiah. He is the Son of God. And the good news is, he will build his church. That's the good news. It's not Elam, all build Elam's church, or the leadership, all build this church. It's that Christ will build his church. He'll build it in Turriff, Darren and Danella, and the team there. He will build his church. You do realize back then there was no church buildings, right? That word church, we say, oh, he'll build his church, church buildings. He'll go, hey, male church buildings. That word ecclesia, he definitely did not mean church buildings. And he says, I will build my church. He says, I will build my people. I'll build my people group. I'll build my family. I'll build my community. I will build my believers. I will see it that people get saved, that people get set free. That's Christ's promise to us. He will build his church. Hallelujah for that. Because the news was here you led to believe his church is a shrinking violet. His church is decreasing. Be careful that you listen to it on the news. There is more Christians today on planet earth than there has ever been at only time through history, because he is building his church. He's bringing people in. I get great that David keeps us updated with the persecuted church. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters that are in chains for the gospel of Jesus Christ as though we are there with them. The gospel will never be defeated. They might close some buildings and some fellowships might have to change. But either that's true or Jesus was a liar. Do you believe that Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail? Praise the Lord. The gates of hell. There's a lot of things coming against the church of Jesus Christ today in the Western world. So what? He will build his church. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We need to be confident that we're on the winning team. And he'll build his church. Gates. We always think we are on the defense and we've just to withstand attacks for the enemy. It doesn't say he will build his church and the spears of the enemy will not prevail. 
It says the gates. You ever talked to somebody with a gate before? You ever? You ever? I'm going to really get them before he became a polite Christian. I'm going to take this gate and I'm going to really try and do some damage with the gate. What are gates used for? Defense. Keeping people out. Gates in the ancient times, the leaders would gather at the gates and hear their committee meetings, a bit like the, the Four Corners used to be doing a, doing a herbal area. There was, a, there was a committee, the old school committee that all men used to come and just put the worlds to right. Gates in the ancient world was for the leaders used to meet to discuss how they're going to destroy the enemy. It was far the important people met. When Jesus said this words, I will build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail. I believe he was saying something, or I will grow my church, and the plans and the purposes of the enemy will not be able to stand against the kingdom people. He's saying, I will build my church, and forever barrier Forever get that hell puts up as a defensive mechanism, Jesus is going to burst right through him to see victory for his people as he build his church. You still with me? Revelation, the rock, he'll build his church. The kingdom of God is an advancing kingdom. It's near in regression. We have not stagnated. Jesus says the force for people will take hold of this. Put your hands to the plow. Keep moving forward. We are moving forward, people. We did not stand still. We believe that God is building His church. He has to. There's so much people unsaved in our communities, in our villages, and in our nation. But us as Christians, then I need to be so on the offensive. Let's just try and protect our corner. Hopefully this church will still exist in 30 years' time. That's not what I'm believing for, for the next generation, should the Jesus not come back until that time. If I was believing that if I go to heaven, we're going to leave the next generation something that is advancing. There's many more church plants today, many more places to go. Many more salvations to see. I am there for one second as we meet as leaders thinking, how do we protect what we've got? We have to have an attitude. How do we go? How do we keep advancing? Never be satisfied with 100 or 150 people coming here. Rosaris in heaven is the gospel of good news. There's maybe already churches there. I would rather punt 15 people out to preach the gospel than just to keep you here. Does somebody agree with that principle? I mean, keeping Abdi here is good for my retirement plan. But I'm not here for a retirement plan. We need to see people sent out to go and do something. Believers in a community of unbelievers, being believers, taking authority in places that then I got a Pentecostal revelation, standing on the word of truth that will say, hey, we might understand for this community might think so, Jesus, but we are coming in. We are revelation. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. And the devil has been here too long. He in his own way, it's time to see people get saved and set free. And we need to really 
reignite again the flames of evangelism to send people out. How that looks like, and again, some of you are maybe, maybe getting restless in your seats and you might want to go. You might want to go, or you're maybe thinking, oh, Dad, please don't send me. I quite like coming here. Lastly, hell will not prevail. Switch off your news reports that says that the church is a sleeping giant, a, sh- a shrinking giant, irrelevant. We can't even decide on basic truth anymore. Jesus is building his church. The gates of hell will not prevail. The Holy Spirit, when Jesus comes back, the Holy Spirit is not going to turn around to Jesus and say, I am really sorry I failed to mark you a bride. When Jesus comes back, the Holy Spirit will say, here you go. We joined. We won. We did it. We went through some stuff. Some churches got a bit messy. Some truths got put to the side. But here you go. Here's your bride. Lastly, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. He was like, this is so precious. Keep us a secret just now. On the other side of the cross, the message is, go tell. But just now, look, the world's not ready for this. Authority. He's spoken about revelation. That's the foundation of the church. He spoke about an advancing kingdom. He will build the gates of hell will not prevail. But I believe if we really, 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 really want to see the kingdom of God extend, we really need to take note of what Jesus says to his disciples in verse 19, because I don't think Jesus says things by accident. I think he was on a floor or telling the church, wake up, listen up. This is how you want to see the church extend and grow. This is this is a key. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He sent his people. I got to give you keys. Keys to the kingdom of heaven. Gates was for keeping people out. Keys are for letting people in. If I give you a key to my house, are you my friend? Do I trust you? I'm saying this. If I give you the keys to my house, I'm saying you are allowed access. I'm going to try to work us out through theory, by the way. I don't care how this works. I'm just to take Jesus to his word. And he sent his people, I'm giving you keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind, and if ever I bind, he said, I'm going to give you keys, and I'm going to give you authority. If ever you bind on earth, It'll be bound in heavenly places. If ever you loose on earth, it'll be loosed in the spiritual realm in heavenly places. How is the church built? It's built through a praying people that will realize they have keys to the kingdom and we have the authority to bind some things that we feel as though it's anti-God and needs to be bound and we can loose things as well. That's what Jesus says. We can bind sickness in Jesus' name. And we can loose healing 
the enemy doesn't want me to tell you these things. We can loose heavenly healing in Jesus' name. That's how the kingdom's extended. We can bind the fear of man, and it will be bound in heavenly places in Jesus' name. And we can loose the spirit of boldness upon God's people in heavenly places in Jesus' name. We can bind the spirit of disillusionment and blindness upon people's lives. We can bind it in Jesus' name and loose the spirit or spiritual sight upon people's lives in Jesus' name. Do you believe that? That God's people is to enter in to warfare. Jake, you like that? The soldier. We enter into warfare. In fact, I'll say this. You're in a war whether you believe you're in a war or not. You believe in it doesn't make it only real or less real. You are in a war for the salvation of souls. You're already there. While we use our keys to enter in to something that looks like binding up the enemy's work and loosen a move of God. If your kids are far from Jesus, it's not information you need. It's a revelation of who you are in God, getting on your knees and saying, enough is enough. I'm binding the spirit or disillusionment and blindness upon their life. And I'm loosing the move of God that they might see you and turn back to Jesus. And you keep going. And you keep binding. And you keep loosing. For Jesus says, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail. And by the way, I'm giving you some keys to bind things. For sick and tired of the enemy running rampant in people's lives. Is the information contained within that news going to solve anything? As people are lost on the streets, afraid and addicted to so much things? Or is it a revelation of far Jesus is, far we are in Him, and fit He has given us? I'll end with this and I'll pray. Hay and keys is largely ineffective. Me hand these keys in my, my pooch, it's, it's largely ineffective. There's three things that I lose quite a lot. Keys, glasses, and my, in, don't name my phone, it's small enough to lose, like if you've ever seen my new phone, and my inhaler for my asthma, Right? So, on a time, every time with soup fell that I'm leaving the house, I will say, Isabel, I can't find my keys. I can't find my inhaler. I can't find my glasses. I need my glasses to drive. I can't get in a car unless I've got my glasses. I can't open the door unless I've got keys. And I can't go to Aberdeen without an inhaler in case if something happens. But sometimes the keys will be in my po pooch. I just didn't realize it. And I'll be looking, far as the keys, and I'll sort of. Sorry, Isabel, sometimes I'm blaming her. I say, you was the last time you had keys, what are they? And she'll say, no, you hit them. I'll say, no, no, I'm so confident in myself. 
Now we're looking, we have actually got a keychain thing at the door that they should be on, but I didn't really use it. I look at oh, they're near there. I was hoping they were there. They're maybe in the sideboard. Maybe I can't find them. Sometimes they're just in my pooch. I think, oh, no, sorry. I'm really sorry, Isabel. I've actually got them in my pooch. But you can, the, the key is largely ineffective unless you use it. I'm going to pray in just a second for people that are needing a miracle. I ask your worship team to come up. I could land this sermon really, really well and then just say, class dismissed. However, how can I really speak about revelation, Jesus building his church, and that we have keys? He's given us a key to see something's bound, that spiritual authority, something loosed. How can I speak like that? And then they pray for people. They pray for your miracle that you need. I just want to take an opportunity that if you want prayer, you, you maybe want to stand in the gap for somebody else and say, look, Kevin, I'm praying for these people. Let's stand in agreement and let's pray that something of the work of the enemy will be bound Jesus says, you, you're waiting for it to start in heaven. Jesus says, forever you loose on earth, there's got to be something that will happen in meetings and out in the streets that's going to involve kingdom people. If you do it on earth, you're waiting for heaven. If you do it on earth, it'll be done in heaven. If you bind things on earth, it'll be bound in, in heavenly places. If you loose things on earth, it'll be loosed in heavenly places. God's waiting for people to use their keys. And this morning, I just want to invite, if you are waiting for a miracle touch for Jesus, whether it be health in your mind, fear of man, you've lost your fire, that boldness for the gospel has diminished, God wants to refire some hearts this morning. And they got to mark a song and dance about it. I'll simply pray the prayer of faith. God, if you've given us keys, I believe you have. Bind. That lying, destructive force. That's what Jesus did when he walked on earth and didn't permit demonic spirits to speak. Be quiet. Get into the pigs and go and let that guy free. And that's what happened. So we're just going to take some authority. Let's stand to our feet. We'll take up our offerings. If you've came prepared to give, that's perfectly okay. When I need to panic, God is with us. If you need prayer for one thing, you don't need to wait. You can come forward. As I said at the start, if you need to go, time is short. You want people to see, then God bless you. But Jesus, we ask and we know the revelation. You are Messiah, the Son of God. You're the one the whole world was waiting for. But yet, God, we want it to be real in our hearts. And we ask for the revelation of King Jesus to be made known. Save us. For Jesus just being part of some information superhighway. 
Help us, we pray. We recognize only God can reveal God. Only the Father can reveal His Son. Oh God, would you reveal your Son to your people. And that this place would be a place of miracles. That you would set people free, that you would heal people. That through our prayers you would save people. And we would see the kingdom of God extended through the authority and through the wonder and through the grace. In the name, powerful name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're needing prayer this morning, feel free to come forward.